evangelize. And the wisest Christians evangelize. The wisest of all the Christians evangelize. And hopefully the scriptures will, 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 will show that to be true. Let's go to Daniel chapter 12. I'm just going to read some scripture. Man, it's good to do. This is what God's word says. Amen? Amen. Verse 1. Daniel, that's in the Old Testament. <laughs> At the time, Michael, the great prince who prote- protects your people, will rise. There will be times of distress. This has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Let's go to Revelation 20. This is what God's word says. Verse 11, chapter 20. Then I saw a great white throne and him who seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from its presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they have done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name, anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Acts 1. Acts 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of this earth. Matthew 28. Starting in verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to a mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father 
and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of this age. Luke chapter 24. Verse 47. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father had promised. But stay in the city until you've been clothed with power on high. Mark 16. Verse 15. Go, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whatever does not believe will be condemned. Philemon. Chapter 1, there's just only one chapter. Philemon. Verse 4. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love for all His holy people and your faith in the Lord. I pray that you, that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. So many more scriptures about this, guys. But, I don't know what your heart was feeling when you read these passages, but how can we not share our faith? <laughs> how can we not open our mouth? Well, it happens. It only happens when we're not focused on the spiritual battle. When we're focused on the physical world, it's easy to not share our faith. But when we read these passages, don't, don't you feel like, I gotta go talk to someone. You know, is my, is my grandmother in the book of life? Is my, is my neighbor in the book of life? You know, when they rise, will they go to everlasting life or everlasting contempt? You know, these are the questions, these are the realities that you live in. And Honestly, sometimes I don't want to think about it. Can I get an amen? Amen. To think about that is, is, is challenging. Isn't it? I remember when I first became a Christian, I went into a huge class. It was an organic chemistry class. There was 350 people. And I looked around, and I couldn't concentrate on the class because I thought to myself, where are these people at with God? I remember feeling so overwhelmed as people, you know, at UNH were passing by me. And I was like, is that person? What about that person? What about that person? And I just got so overwhelmed. My friends, my family, the people around me, I felt burdened from it. And I believe God is working. 
even if I don't open my mouth, he will work. Amen? But I had this very, this vision that always haunted me. And it was a vision that someone's behind me and they're maybe my neighbor or my friend or somebody that I know very well. And he sees me and he's, and he's like trembling like me and then I get into heaven and he doesn't. And as the door is closed, he looks at me and says, why didn't you say anything? And then the door closes. Man, that haunts me. That vision, that, 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 that vision, and I don't know where it came from. It, it might even be a little unhealthy, but it's a vision nonetheless. Because it is going to be a terrible and great day when that time comes. A great day, amen, for the saints. But a terrible day as well. Terrible day. You know, sometimes we spend so much time with the saved, the Christians. It can be comfortable to hang out with our own people. And when you look at your schedule, all you see is Christians or work. And I know it's tough sometimes. You got a lot of people in your work. How do you share your faith with them? We'll talk about that. But we can live in this world numb to the spiritual reality that these people are batteries, man. They're just, they're, they're creations of God trapped in the world. Trapped in the, that's what I, I, I love the, the movie Matrix because of this reason. Because I believe we you know, if you read uh, C.S. Lewis's screw tape letters, he talks about people that are not saved as cattle going to the slaughter. That's how, he, that's how the demon talks to the other demon about them. They're senseless beasts that are just food. And he's basically saying almost food for the, for the demons. Right. It's a very weird kind of thought. You know, what is the worm that never dies? It's an interesting question. I certainly don't know. What is that? What's the fire? You know, Lazarus. What did Lazarus ask for in that parable? It's a crazy thing to think about. Let's just go there, man. Luke 16. Forget talking about it. Let's go to this. I remember reading this for the first time and almost pooping myself, literally. I was like, I literally put my Bible down and I was like, what? You know, when was the last time I read my Bible like that? Well, you just, you just put it down and you're, you're shocked. You're just sitting there like, I can't believe he said this. I can't believe this is a parable. Luke 16, verse 19. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores, longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked their sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried in Hades. Appreciate the difference of translation there. Yeah. They got it right. 
where he was in torment. He looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things. Well, Lazarus received bad things, but now he's comforted here and you're in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them, so that they will also come into this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said. But if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to them, if you don't listen to most of the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. Dang. This is perhaps one of the most profound, craziest parables that Jesus ever told. Sure. Yeah. He like opened up Hades and was like telling a story here. He opened up the curtain. He showed us some spiritual truths. Yeah. Is this actually what's going on? Can they talk to each other? I don't think so. But what do I know? <laughs> Is Abraham talking to the, you know, the damned? I don't know. But there was something going on here. There was a chasm. We see some spiritual truths. Once you die, you don't have any more chance. Right? We see that if you're not right with God, you are going to be separated from those that are. And there's a place called Hades where there's a good side and a bad side. And I say good because it's pleasant. <laughs> I don't think the good people are there. <laughs> I think it's the people that have been redeemed that God turned good, amen? Yeah. And the people that didn't get redeemed. But what did the rich man ask for? He asked for two things that straight up haunt me as well in a good way. Mm. What did he ask for? Water. Water. Just, he, a, just a drop. <laughs> he asked. He asked for like. <laughs> yeah. Could you just, just a little on my tongue? Mm -hmm. Just a little yeah. on my tongue. Mm -hmm. That's. It's, I don't care who you are. I don't wish that for anyone. Mm -hmm. yeah. That that like the appeal of a drop of water would excite someone. Has anyone ever asked you, hey, could I have a drop of water? Mm. I come over to your house. I'm really thirsty. Can I have a drop? Mm. Can you? Right. <laughs> Could you just, right there on my tongue? Yeah. It shows you right. the spiritual depravity that's going on. Right. You know? Oh, this is, this is hell on earth. No, no, that's not hell. Mm. This isn't hell. Right. There's a place that's Way different from this place. Right. That's worse. And I'm not trying to scare us. It's just what Jesus said. Right. And then the second thing he asked for is what? He was the most evangelistic guy in that story. He was like, please, send Lazarus from the dead. And in fact, what Lazarus did raise from the dead. Interesting, right? 
Is this the Lazarus? We don't know, but it's interesting. Send him back to the... If, just to warn him, just forget about me. He was so filled with love, even in his agony. He was like, I got to save my brothers so that they don't come and join me in this place. Man. And the question I had is, am I going to have more, if I'm, is this rich man going to have more love for my brothers than I am? The one who knows the truth, the one who has Jesus Christ, who has the Holy Spirit. Brothers, we get numb. We don't get in touch with the fact that there is a wall of sin in people's life. And that's why we share our faith. We share our faith not because, oh, we always feel so grateful. A lot of people say, hey, you've got to share your faith because you're grateful. And I say, amen. If that's your, that needs to be your first motivation, amen. Look what God did in my life. Let me share. But there's a lot of times I'm not grateful. Just want to be honest. Is there a lot of times you're not grateful? Oh, yeah. A lot of times. And then you have to get deeper. We are meant to love like agape. And agape is a devoted, unemotional, sometimes love that says, I don't want you to be in this place. Even though I don't like you, even though I'm not feeling like sharing my faith, I'm still going to open my mouth because I don't want you to suffer. Because someone probably looked at me and said, hey, he's kind of a jerk, but I'm still going to share my faith with him. And I just want to encourage us with that fact that, that we need to have that conviction. Do you have that conviction? Do you see the reality of the spiritual world? Mm-hmm. And does that move you to ask and to say and to speak up? Right. If that doesn't move you, what is going to move you? Right? right? What's going to move you? You know? Love has to be the reason. But it has to be a love that's beyond just a feeling. Love is conviction. Right? Love is conviction. You know when you have a bump with a brother and you get it resolved? You don't get you resolved. It's not the feeling that gets you resolved. It's the conviction. Amen? Right. And so as we think about this, I want to encourage us to, to live in this spiritual reality, even though it's painful sometimes. To live here, to understand, and to be grateful, to think, wait a second, I escaped that place? Are you kidding me? That's awesome. And then secondly, I get to help others. Mm. I'm telling you right now, I have helped people become Christians so many times when I've not felt like it. Most of the time, I am in a bad place spiritually, I don't care. I am not feeling love in my heart. It is a discipline, like going to the gym. And I think we as Christians think it's not. We think it's not a discipline. We think it is a feeling. And it's not. It's a discipline. You know, we understand, hey, I don't feel like praying, but I need to pray. It's the same with evangelism. You don't feel like evangelizing, but you need it. Because it's how you learn how much you have in Christ. You know, doing the cross study with someone, man, oh, it's awesome. I get more of the cross than anyone I do with. 
right? Doing the sin study. I get to confess my sin. He confesses his sin. Who gets the most? I do. Two things happen. Number one, I go, look at this sharp guy across the, hall, across the table from me who's in utter sin, and I didn't know it. When people say I'm all sad or it's okay, right? People can look so flashy and good and, and put together, right? Like the rich man. Right? Like the rich man. And I want you to have the kind of faith that Morpheus had. And we're going to play this. I, I think we as Christians need to have this kind of faith as we talk to people. And obviously we're not going to do the red pill and the blue pill with people and, and wear these weird funny glasses and walk in all suave. I'm not saying that. I just think what, what I want you to think about with this clip, you've seen this, right? Probably many times, right? Who's seen the Matrix? Like everybody here, right? It's, it's one of the things that I love about Morpheus is his confidence. You know what I mean? His confidence in, in, in persuading Neo. Yeah. And realizing... That once you have this pill, there's no going back. And at the same time, the way he talks to him is the way we need to talk to people about Jesus. Amen? Amen. And I think it's the way Jesus talked to people. I think Jesus talked with that kind of confidence. And if we believe the Bible, we too will have the confidence. So I'm going to put on this clip for four minutes. Yeah, it's bright, right? And uh, we'll turn off the lights here. Hopefully, you guys can see. Into it. What did you see that was interesting about Morpheus? That I think is interesting. I mean, obviously, he's not Jesus. The jacket was awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know, you gotta you gotta look the part if you're sharing your faith. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, my favorite part that I've never noticed before was Neo was like, "It's like an honor to meet you, whatever," and Morpheus was like, "No, like it's an honor to meet you." Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, he had, he had, a, he had a vision for this guy. Yeah. He obviously knew the prophecy. He had a vision for him. Yeah. And that's wonderful when you when you study the Bible with someone, you meet someone, you have a vision for them. Mm. You know what they can be beyond what they are. Right. 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 What else? Morpheus is incredibly wise. Like he knows a lot. It's like it's kind. Of, it's kind of like he's like been like a disciple for a long time, and he knows like ups and downs and the trial and tribulations, and he's like telling Neo about it. But he, like like he said in the clip, he can't tell it to him. He has to show it to him. But yeah. If he wants it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's like you can't tell people what the kingdom is like. Mm -hmm. Even the parables. The kingdom is like you know, and you're like. No, it's, it's, it's like that, yeah, but it's not like that. The kingdom is when I was at the World Discipleship Summit, right. and I was bawling, crying like a baby in the stadium, realizing what I'm a part of. That's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is, is going to another country, not knowing anyone, and then the first day, you're treated like family. You know, there's so many things the kingdom is like. But you can't show them it. Right. can't show them the Bible. You can't express that. You can't put them in the matrix. You know, you have to show them, right? What is another thing? Uh, I noticed uh, the dialogue 
the background and like the music it's just like very serious yeah you know they it's like a dark room it's like he's getting ready for a battle type of thing and he was talking about the truth and the way he was talking about it he was just like clear you know made sure like the other guy understood what he was talking about yeah the confidence of, of Morpheus you've been a slave all your life you know what I mean and I love the confidence that he has in Neo. You know what I'm talking about, Neo. It's been like a splinter in your mind all your life. I thought about the scripture when he said that. God has set eternity in the hearts of men. But they cannot fathom what he's done from beginning to end. Everyone knows that there's something else. And that's the kind of faith you've got to have when you share your faith with people. Right. Even when they're godless, even when they're atheists. You know, when I talk to atheists now, I look at them and I say, you're not atheists. You're too mad at God to be an atheist. Mm. <laughs> and they look back at me like, "How I am an atheist. I'm like, no, you're not. How can you say that? Because minutes, seconds before you die, you are going to know that you're not an atheist. Sometimes I'll say that to people and they're like, Okay. Well, bye. You know what I mean? They don't know what to say. But the faith that you have to have, mm. it's important. Yeah. And at the same time, I want to say this. Morpheus, he didn't know everything either. Right. You know, Morpheus was betrayed. Morpheus didn't know everything about Neo, didn't know everything about the kingdom. And you don't have to know everything to share your faith. Right. And what I'm asking all of us to be is Morpheus. Jesus. You know, that's who Jesus is. He, he was able to walk up to people and say, yes, would you like to come to church? But I'm inviting you because I know it's like a blue pill and a red pill. I know I can't tell you everything right now. You know, there's a shrewdness in Neo, I mean in Morpheus. He couldn't say, guess what? You're a battery and you are literally naked in water right now. And dude, you have been there all your life. You're a human battery for these robots. So we got to get you out. You know, if he said that, mm. he would be freaked out, right? <laughs> right? And if, you were, if I came up to Como, you know, he doesn't know me, and I'm like, you, the wall of sin is up in your life, and, and you are separated from God. Your name's not in the book of life, and sulfur is awaiting you. I mean, that obviously would freak him out as well. Yeah. Mm. So we have to be shrewd. Like Morpheus was. Give people a choice. Almost like bait them in some ways. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And for us, the second thing I want to say, the only thing I want to say is, success is opening your mouth. Right. See, Morpheus did this a lot. <laughs> he was, this wasn't his first rodeo, you could tell. Right. You know? He had it down. He had the blue pill and the red pill. He had it in a little compartment, you know? He had someone bring him, you know, it's like bring him to the Bible study. You know, he was ready. And you're not going to be a Morpheus overnight. You're not going to be able to just kind of red pill or blue pill. You're going to be awkward. There's so many times I would be sweating. I didn't know what the Bible studies were. And I want us to go from, first we need to be bringers of people. Then we need to be converters of people. And Morpheus was a converter. 
He called more, uh, Neo to make a decision, right? Yeah. That's what we need to do. Yeah. But I want you at least to go, I want to be amorphous. I want to be like that. I want to say red pill or blue pill. I want to say, do you want to come to church? Yes or no. Someone once said, when you share your faith, don't ask yes or no questions. Jimmy was saying that the other day. And I think there's a truth to that. Like, hey, it's like a kind of a marketing ability. You know, hey, so have you read the Bible before? I kind of want, at the end of the day, though, there needs to be a yes or no answer. Yeah. Do you want to come to church or not? Do you want to study the Bible or not? Do you want to become a Christian or not? These are the questions we all got to ask, right? But what if we all became people that evangelized like that? What if we all just made prayer lists? You know, a lot of times I tell you, okay, we're going to make prayer lists of people we're going to invite to Easter, right? Or, hey, we're going to pray for these people. You know, that's a good thing to do as an evangelist. I should tell you and encourage you to share your faith. When are you going to take it on yourself to go, I'm inviting these people? And there's a lot of people in us, in, in amongst us, that do that on their own. They don't need me to tell them to evangelize. They evangelize. But we need reminders, don't we? Yeah. Amen. Because we get numb. We get numb. So, what I pray is that we go from bringers of people to converters. I want to look at, lastly, what we're what I'm talking about. Let's go to John 1. So what I'm going to do is, I'm going to hand these around because I want to give you tools. If you don't have invitations for church, now you have it. So you can take, you can rip this out open and take a couple. Of you, some of us have them, but you can't have a, a, a message on evangelism and not have invitations, right? <laughs> kind of like, what? Now, um, Easter's coming up. This church service is coming up this Sunday. Hey, you have so many events to invite people to. We have Easter. Hey, we're going to church. We're having church. If you talk to someone, hey, we're doing a church service, and then we're afterwards we'll do a suicide prevention training. Would you like to come? Man, people will be like, wow, that's cool. Your church does that? You know? That's it's really cool. Um, when was the last time you brought someone to church? I want to ask you that. When was the last time you brought someone to church? And I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm just asking you to think about that. Because if we don't think about that, we're not, we're not even in the ballgame, right? We've got to think about it. When was the last time? Hmm, let me think. When was the last time? And, you know, obviously we get some young Christians in here. Like, he was like, yo, you know, I got to just, you know, there was no last time. I just got baptized. You know what I mean? But thinking about that, when was the last time? You know, I love... Andrew and Philip in the Bible because they were just excited about their faith and they brought people to Jesus. Amen? John 1. Look at this. John 1. So first to be an evangelizer, you have to be a bringer of people. Bringer to Bible talk. Bringer to family group. Bringing somebody to an event. Hey, would you like to come to this church service? It's going to be awesome, right? Yes, I'd like to. Okay, I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to follow up with you like Olu did. You're going to come, right? You bring the person. Then what? <laughs> so how's church? That's great. So many times it's happened. Bye. And they just leave. 
And then so, hey, did you ask that guy to study? I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. So I had to start there. Okay, I'm a bringer of people. Now, what are we going to do with those people? Ask them to study the Bible. How do you do that? Well, just say, would you like to get coffee or would you like to sit down and have lunch and study the Bible? They say yes or no. You share about how it helped you. So I started doing that. And it was awesome. And they said, yes, we'd like to sit down. Then what? Then I would watch someone do the Bible study and I would learn, okay, this is how they did it. You know what's really cool? Brianna Baraby has leading the studies with her friend, which is really awesome. So inspiring, right? Um, what do you say? That's an awesome girl. That's an awesome girl, right? But isn't it inspiring that she's learning how to now study the Bible with people? She doesn't just bring people. She started as someone who brought people, right? Now she's leading studies. You know, and, and the best way to lead a study is maybe have someone there that knows the studies. You know? My first Bible study with a guy, I invited him. It was the best, he was a cool, open guy. He was like, hey, yeah, do you want to come to my house and we'll sit down and study the Bible right now? And I'm like, bro, well, the minister's not here. So, you know, we're going to have to, no, I didn't say that. I said, yeah, let's go. I didn't know the, the Bible studies. So he's like, what study do you want to do? And I'm like, he's giving me Kool-Aid, you know, it was like Kool-Aid. And I was like, okay, let's, let's do the Word of God study. And I had the Word of God study. My, my minister, he's a good minister, he said a trick to do the Bible studies is put the next verse in the previous verse that you're going to go to. And so I had that with the Word of God. So I was kind of like, I'm fired, I'm going to do this. I just helped someone named Arcelio become a disciple. He's a Panamanian, fired up guy. He knew the Bible better than me, but he also was religious. And I, for some reason, they had me disciple him, which I don't know why. He knew more about the Bible than me. So he was like, why don't you lead the study? You're the older Christian. I'm like, okay. So I'm starting to do life and doctrine. You know the airplane? Yeah. I'm just so bad at trying to do this. It's like, you know, it's like a, it's like a life. It's like an airplane. I start doing that. and just, This guy, Jason Durgan, is like, I don't understand what you're saying. And I'm like, well, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like an airplane, you know, and I'm like, I don't know what, what the analogy is. I'm like, it's freezing up, you know. <laughs> life, doctrine, life, doctrine. I mean, life is like your life. <laughs> doctrine. And I said it. It's like your doctrine. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and the guy was like, what? You know what I mean? Like, he was so open, you know? I was like, what? And I was like, and then, and then this guy chimed in, Arcelio, explained the whole passage perfectly. You know, he just finished studying the Bible. He's like, would you mind if he led the studies? Oh. I was like, not at all. And he led the rest of the study, you know what I mean? Now, obviously I've come a long way, but man, you're going to have those moments. But that's the struggle. Now, I can lead them pretty good now, right? But it took time. And so on our app now, we are going to, before Easter, I'm getting it up. We're going to have all the Bible studies up there. You're going to be able to, if, if the minister's not around, you can just open up your app and just, you know what I mean? Truth is, he became a disciple. Amen. And you know what happened? He was a religious guy. He didn't accept some things about, you know, the gospel, specifically repentance and baptism. He was a Pentecostal guy. And I just read in my quiet time, 
Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name? And the Holy Spirit came on me, man. I was, he was like, I'm, I think I'm going to stop studying the Bible. You guys are, are, are works-oriented, you know? And he said something like, you know, I think the Father's will is that, or something like, I think God's will is that I don't study with you guys anymore. Wow. And I was like, you want to see what the Father's will is? I went to Matthew 7. <laughs> and I was so like, good. just because you're religious doesn't mean that you're making it to heaven. And I didn't know what I was talking I just showed him that passage. I said, I'm convicted by that. What about you? He was mad at me. He'd left the Bible study. I thought he was gone. Comes back later, crying. You're right. I need to be baptized. I've been so prideful. Mm. I didn't know what I was doing. Mm. But the truth is, I love this guy and I tried to help him. And God worked. The Holy Spirit will help you. Surely I am with you. Always to the end of the age. What I love about this, John 1, and ending here, thinking about this, as we end, Josh makes fun of me because I say that a lot, and then I don't end. Um, John 1, he's very critical. Verse 35. <laughs> the next day, John was there again with his two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God! When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw him and followed and said, What do you want? I love that. What do you want? They said, Rabbi, where are you staying? Come, he said, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent the day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of them who heard what John had said, who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah that is in Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. He was a bringer, right? He was a bringer. Let me just get him to church. Let me just get him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas. That's how Peter became Peter. Think about it. Andrew was like, i got to tell my brother about Jesus. I, I don't know what this is about. I've only spent a couple hours with this guy, but I know there's something special about him. And let's go, let me bring somebody to him. Right? Now look at John 4. A couple months later, look what it says here. Verse 1. They were bringing him to Jesus. Now, they didn't even need Jesus. Obviously, you know, they need, we all need Jesus. But they didn't need Jesus to lead the Bible studies, to lead the studies. Verse 1. Now, Jesus learned that Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not who? Jesus. Not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. We've heard these scriptures before. Do you know what I'm convicted about? I hear these scriptures, and then I don't expect them from you. I don't call you higher. And I need to repent. You know, I need to say, hey, Justin, when was the last time you led a Bible study? I know you can do it. You're an incredible communicator. We got to get Justin Lee in Bible studies. You know? And guess what? You know, Phil, Phil you know, you've led studies. Let's get, let's get you in the Bible studies. Ignatius, when was the last time you did that? You know, who's, 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 who can not lead studies? We all can do it. We all got to be able to lead studies. And I've said this before. But I mean it now. 
it, it, it wasn't, this is what's so inspiring. What if I didn't have to do anything except count the cost with people that you study the Bible? Mm -hmm. Or I don't even count the cost. If I send Evan, Evan, why don't you go count the cost with that guy? Go ahead. And Evan just counts the cost. Do you realize what would happen? Talk about multiplication and, and incredible. You know, John the Baptist was a pretty awesome guy, wasn't he? Yeah. It says the whole region of the Jordan came out to be baptized by him. That's a lot of people. He was a serious preacher, eating cockroaches and locusts. And just, he, he was just like dipping honey in the locusts and just... And they're all coming out to be baptized. And the Pharisee came out and he was like, brood of vipers. I mean, he just was like, he was trying to get people to not get baptized. You know what I mean? And they just couldn't help themselves to be baptized. But the 12 disciples, who weren't as good as John the Baptist, not even close. The Bible says that Jesus said no one born of a woman was greater than John the Baptist. Like, I don't know about you, but... That's pretty crazy. What about Moses? What about Elijah? No one's better than John the Baptist. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. I mean, that's kind of amazing. He said basically he's the best man that ever lived. Like, the best. Other than, you know, him. And he's the son of God, right? He's the best that ever lived. And the, the disciples, the guys that wanted to call down fire... On the people, you know, the guys that forgot about, you know, oh yeah, did you eat something? You know, they're thinking about food first before the miracles of Jesus. They made so many mistakes, they were gaining more than John the Baptist. Why, church? Why, brothers? It's because they all became converters. Right. And so evangelists, I'm not just saying share your faith. I want you to be able to Lead someone all the way through this Bible studies to Christ. Forget the Bible studies. To Christ. I want that to be your ambition. I want to encourage you to pray about that. But first you've got to be a bringer. Because you can't practice on air, amen? Non-Christians have taught me more about Christ than Christians have. Do you know that? They have. They've asked more hard questions... I've had more blunders with them. Oh, so what about this verse? What about that verse? What about this contradiction? What about that? And I was like, uh-oh, I don't know what you're talking about. But I'll be back with the answer. Learn more about the Christian faith from the non-Christians. Because when you teach, what do they say? You retain a lot more. Amen? So I want to encourage you, be a disciple maker. How do you do that? You first bring people and then say, I'd like to lead the study. Amen? Yeah. Let's pray. Yeah. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this time. Mm.